Tandem Cannon, the Game Retreat podcast where co-op plays canon and where no one messes with the 501st, bitch. <laughs> this is episode 35, just like the simulations, where we'll discuss Star Wars Battlefront. Um, more of the original stuff, though. This is Tiffany. And this is Mia. Let's go straight into the talk from Teen Tandem. So, Mia, what have you been doing for gamer homework? So, I <laughs> so do musical. have to apologize because I have not gotten my hands on Agents of Mayhem yet. Just between the hurricane and work and other activities Lack of gas. and stuff. Lack of gas. You know, that being one of them. What a concept. I have not had a chance to play yet, so I do apologize. It's it's probably not going to be until the next episode. So I haven't gotten Agents of Mayhem, but it's on my list. But I'm kind of concerned because the reviews, they tend to be pretty mixed. I haven't really heard much from like the OG Saints Row people. So I'm like, I'm still kind of holding out. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that will be coming, I promise. And I'm getting the version with Johnny Gat. So and then really all I've had time to play is just Sims 3. Nothing wrong with that. Island Paradise, mostly in university because, you know, I'm all about school and all that. Getting your education. And um, I do like it for the most part, but I do miss the more fun aspects of university from Sims 2 where it was a lot easier to socialize with people and, you know, have parties and whatnot. I just feel like when they do ask you to have parties, it's at the most like inopportune times. They're like, let's have a bonfire in the middle of a snowstorm. I'm like, bitch, what? No, I don't know. <laughs> what <laughs> is this? No sense. Let's have a pool party the night before finals. No. That's why I never understood. Like, let's have a party. I'm like, I get it. You want to celebrate before you take your exam, especially if you're about to graduate. But I'm still just like so many points down. I, I really need to study to pass this thing. Right. I guess the thing that just kind of bothers me is just the rabbit holes in university and especially like around the student union when you're trying to get into your lecture and there's just a big ass giant clump of people. I'm like, you guys know yes. there's a back entrance, right? I just wish that the, the rabbit hole management in that expansion had been done better because you have literally 20 people trying to get in and only one person can get in the door at a time. Yeah. And it's just kind of frustrating when you have those clumps. And it's just like, look, I'm like 20 minutes late. Can we just wrap this up? Like, can y'all move yeah. the conversations elsewhere? So um, I hated that for graduation because so many of my Sims did not get their graduation perks because they had to wait in line, but they never got into graduation. So they never get any of the perks. I'm like, ain't mm-hmm. this some bullshit? It is bullshit. And I hate that you'll see the same students return even if they've graduated they didn't do a good job <laughs> with, with like npc creation and stuff like that but refreshing um, yeah refreshing the npcs yeah I, you know, otherwise i i like it i had to add some bars and, and restaurants and stuff just to give yeah. them more stuff to do that's been fun decorating the houseboat i'm trying to like get my skills up so i can do diving and shit yeah that's the only way you're gonna see me in the ocean around animals so the houseboat yeah <laughs> There are islands that you can go and explore and stuff, and most of the map is hidden, so it's like, hmm, I can be a pirate. Yes. So yeah, that's basically what I've been up to. So how about you, Tiff? I finally beat The Legend of Zelda. (gasps) I beat it. I know. Even though I cheated like all kinds of hell, but let me explain. Now, this is the first game I've beaten by myself for NES, things I did not beat with my brother. But I did have help. I did go through this walkthrough that was from ZeldaDungeon.net. And they have every single walkthrough for every single Zelda game there is. So a lot of times what has been a saving grace is it will let you know, especially when you go into the dungeons, what rooms to omit, which enemies to skip over, or which enemies you have to absolutely clear the room out in order to get down a staircase or to get like a certain key or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was a great guidance for me, especially on that last dungeon when you have to go and 
fates ganon because that dungeon is huge some miles of course i could do by myself or without the help of the guide but big one-ups to zeldadungeon.net for helping me through the legend of zelda and then i went on to zelda 2 and then i can see why a lot of people kind of strayed away from that because it is a side scroller game it kind of gives me a little bit of final fantasy feels to it too because when you first go onto your path it opens up to the world map but if you stray off of that path all of a sudden a trifecta of enemies just come hoarding towards you and who makes it to you first you have to like stop and do this battle and get through this i guess the scene of battle of different characters and stuff like that it's a lot different than what you're used to and a little bit harder especially when you don't know what you're getting into it's definitely not as straightforward as the other one was so it makes it a little bit more difficult and that you can go to like different cities and you have to ask certain people to heal you to find clues to cities and stuff like that it takes you out of the element so it's a little different yeah. so i can see a reason why a lot of people just skip over this one and go straight to link to the past which totally picks the game back up i'm about to get on that walkthrough though like to be honest <laughs> it's kind of like how mario 1 and mario 2 was that's the reason why people didn't like it as much because it was such a disconnect and so different than what the first one had portrayed and what everyone is used to yeah but at the same time i have to give them respect for actually doing something different and also, I play Overwatch, but I'll save that for news. Awesome. So, speaking of news, mm-hmm. Tiff, you want to talk mm-hmm. about QuakeCon? Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't really expand so much about QuakeCon because of not being able to do the entire four-day event, unfortunately. Yeah. With the move to Grapevine to the Gaylord Texan, they have it all in the convention center part. And everything is contained together except for Tabletop Village and and I think some panels were also upstairs on the second or third floor. They had everything contained together. Like the BYOC was to the left room when you walk in and then you had the stage. It was professional shit compared to what it was last year. They were streaming this out and so like even the camera recording it had graphics like it was recording a movie. By the time I had gotten there, they were doing Sacrifice and in Duel. Duel, I think, was the single-player one-on-one, and I think Sacrifice was the team play. Instead of it being at night, they had moved it up during the daytime. Bethesda was doing their own thing like they did last year, where you go around and you have to play certain games and get through certain stages in order for you to get your card punch and so you can get entered into a drawing. Five or $10,000, I think. Unfortunately, they have given everybody at least an hour to play. But by the time I was able to sit down, you either had 20 minutes or until you died. And I only got to play Dishonored 2, which was pretty good. It's been a while since I played number one. It took me five minutes to figure out everything. And then like that was 15 minutes done. But by the time I had died, I had to immediately get off. But I think my minutes were up anyway. Um, They didn't do or have PC perceptives like they had last year, which was last year they were drawing numbers and your number was drawn. You get to win certain prizes. But it seems like each vendor was doing their own thing. Like AMD was handing out their own things, which I think was just probably like a better thing. So you can be a little bit more interactive with the vendors themselves, Um, especially for those who actually do take the time to build the computers. So I guess it's just a little bit more fulfilling for the vendors to be more interactive with the people who use their hardware. Of course, they also have indie showcases, too. Even though everything was contained in the entire room, it still wasn't overcrowded. It still flowed very well, and I could still hear people. Originally, like, the Master Pancake Theater was on Friday. It was going to be Saturday after the championships were done, but they were lacking space, and so you had to have tickets before to watch it. You didn't have that last year. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. I had other issues that were preventing me, and it was just a bad time of year just because school starting, and 
other issues coming up. So yeah, I'm ready for next year and hopefully it'll be back at its normal weekend. And yeah, yeah. I'll we'll be right in the world. In order for you really to get the immersiveness that is QuakeCon, I think it's better just to go on all you know, all days all or days. as many days as you can. Especially if you want to take advantage of getting like, cool stuff when there's hardly enough people there. There's a lot of advantage of you coming earlier if you can, especially during the work days. But definitely, I will recommend it. I have a video. We'll put that up after this episode. Oh, cool. So. so in other news, we were freaking out a little bit about Overwatch releasing May's backstory. And yeah. I just wanted to cry into oblivion. <laughs> I was just not ready. I'm like, I knew it was going to be sad because she was the lone survivor. But just seeing her being all cute and wonderful and just so happy and sweet. And like, smart and delightful. <gasps> oh. And then what happened and having to, you know, snowball sacrificing himself to save power. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I can't do this. But my, my baby Ice Demon, I love her. I just can't. The feel. I just love everyone's comments. Everybody's just like, so you're telling me that I've been killed by a hairdryer. She's the MacGyver yeah. of the team. That was it, so beautiful. She's not a little miss, like, you know, apart from her just pissing us off and freezing us and shit. She was able to climb up that tower by herself and mm-hmm. she used her quick wits to survive. How she just found the strength to still move on. She honored her fallen comrades. I thought that was just really cute. You know, a little mm-hmm. tribute. Damn it, Overwatch. It's funny that technically it doesn't have a storyline per se in the game other than this thing happened. Overwatch is no longer the, like a thing. But, but the background lore, that's Jesus. the thing that kills me. They God. Kill me. I love it. And I love that they flesh out each individual character in, in, I think, really nuanced ways that you really wouldn't get otherwise. Because I know a lot of games that they try to kind of do that and don't yeah. do it well. <laughs> and that's the thing. Is they kind of like leave the homework to your own device. So you can just go in and play Overwatch as it is just a competitive teamwork game. But also, if you have, ever want the option to do that, here's some background stuff for each of these characters. Why are they mm-hmm. how they are? How do they get to where they are now? A lot of these quote-unquote villains of the game are met with lots of shades of gray. It's like, oh, so that's the reason why they are this way. Nuance. Um, I love that. <laughs> New storylines and lores come into play. We'll see just how Overwatch is eventually going to be reformed again. Yeah, it's crazy. I just love the series and I love how much work they put on each individual character. Even their blatant favorites, but they all have... Like, yeah. like Tracer. You know, she's the face. She's the face. And and then, of course, everybody's been talking about Mercy and her, her ultimates and the change-ups going on with that PC mostly. But I've, I've heard some different things from some of my friends who do play as her. And it seems to be like a mixed sort of thing. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, she can actually fly and have, you know, better mobility, which is good. But, yeah, that recharge time is an issue for some people for her ult. So it's just like, okay. Did watch a video. The problem is trying to stay alive. Apparently, her res ability can come more frequently. If you resurrect one person and then you resurrect another, it can come a little bit more frequently than that charging time. So you can start resing a lot more people. So it comes a little bit more often, but you have to stay alive to resurrect six people during uh. quick time and stuff. So that's a little bit more difficult, especially since most of the people are gunning for mercy. So it's kind of hard to stay alive to do that. So that's the challenge. 
I hate hiding as Mercy. Sometimes think that I'm a DPS player, but I'm really not. But um, at the same time, I'm like, don't mess with my team. I will shoot you in the face, but right. I will heal you too. As long as you can stay alive, that res can happen a little bit more quickly than usual. What I'm scared about is the ultimate, because her ult, it looks like it's really, really cool, but me flying and aiming at the same time, I don't think it's going to work out at all. In my favor, at all. Oh, no. It would be nice for her to have more firepower, because I actually like the sound of her gun. I just wish it had more juice, because it can take yeah. people out if you do it well, but especially when you're in the middle of the chaos most of the time i can't really switch out between the pistol i gotta either heal somebody or beef up their defense or whatever so that way we can you know kick some ass and take names it's rare that i actually get to use my pistol (sighs) struggle's real also the games have already ended by now so i know you got to play lucio ball Mm -hmm. i didn't really get as many loot boxes as i wanted by the end of the day i was like i'm a zombie i need something that's low maintenance so i decided to do sims instead and i kind of regret that because the times that i was available to play overwatch were the times where i knew it would be a high load on the servers people were going to be on it like nonstop. so <sighs> it's all good so tiff are we ready to level up let's finally do it Woo-woo! let's level up so today we are going to be talking about star wars battlefront yes to be reckoned with the reason being is because this year marks the 13th anniversary of the Star Wars Battlefront franchise, and we're huge fans of the originals. <coughs> and, um, yeah, and so we decided to share our love for the series because this is one of our favorite co op games of all time. And honestly, in terms of the Star Wars universe and kind of where it fits things into place, it's just wonderful. I love it. And yes. we're going to get into that funness in a little bit. So, mm-hmm. the first Star Wars Battlefront development for that started happening way back in the old year of 2002. Um, yes. when we graduated high school, which is weird. I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the series, the first one, was eventually released on September 21st of 2004. And at the time, Pandemic had kind of taken the lead of that from LucasArts. And, and we are familiar with LucasArts and kind of what they've yes. been doing with the franchise itself. And then Pandemic took it over, and yeah, so they wanted to create an online shooter that would allow for team strategy, so it's perfect for co-op. Yay! I love gaming companies that focus on co-op and really try to emphasize that teamwork, because we've talked about Battlefront here and there before, the original, where you had to have a strategy. You can't just go in and run a gun, because your entire squad can get decimated by your own actions. They move independently, but depending on how you coordinate things, it can turn the battle in your favor, just quick little things here and there. And so it was more of a conquest-based sort of game where it divided into the two different areas of the Star Wars universe. So you had the Galactic Republic part and then the Confederacy of of Independent Systems, so CIS, those periods. And then the second one was the Rebel Alliance versus the Galactic Empire. So it covered most of the universe as we know it, as we knew it back then anyway, um, before the main prequels and stuff had really taken real place i guess but what we really loved about it other than hey co-op the gameplay was versatile there were so many different modes that you could play you could play as first or third person so you could choose your play style that works best for you and then i love the versatility of the classes and the types of soldiers you could choose from i can blow stuff up or i could be a medic 
you can play to right. your own individual strengths. Which I would alternate between either the infantry or the sniper. What about you, Tiff? I was more of the soldier. I didn't really get to play any of the wild cards. And the wild cards are really like the special stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you were like playing for the Rebels, you can get the Wookiee Warriors. Or if you were playing for the Empire, you can get the Dark Troopers and Engineers. Or Infantry Soldier had a certain number that you could have. So once you were out of all your specials, then that was it. So I like the versatility. Also, they had the playable heroes or villains at the time. But on this game, you only got... Got one per faction. So during the Galactic Republic, you had Mace Windu versus Count Dooku. <laughs> um, you had Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. So you got to have those heroes to help out. Definitely what makes this gameplay awesome was that you had three different kinds of ways you could play the game. Campaign, conquest, and instant action. The cool thing with the the gameplay, most of it involved a certain number of troops on each side, command posts. And so each side had a certain number of troops that you could use and fight Mm -hmm. over either command posts. And you could see how many troops were still left remaining. And so you had to have a good strategy. You had to have good tactics in order to preserve your team members that you had. Because once you hit zero, you lose, you're defeated. So you get special bonuses for different in conquest modes. So you get like more reinforcements or more ammo or... Inside joke, we were playing as the Empire on Tatooine. They will let you know Lord Vader has entered the battlefield or something like that. And like, I just saw him throbbing red lightsaber, black cape. And I just said, Vader! And I went chasing after him. He's like, where'd you go? Yeah, she (laughs) bolted like... Hey, he was wielding. I don't blame you, but he was—he was owning shit, and I am not ashamed. So I stalked that dude every time he's on the damn battlefield. (laughs) I don't know. Movie Vader can be like absolutely terrifying, but game Vader makes me rethink life choices. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's about that special bond with your Dark Lord. But what was also something, they actually did have a story mode, which was the campaign mode. With this one, they switched between factions. So depending on which area you chose, it will flip between battles between each faction. So you'll be playing as the good guys one and the bad guys as another. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting for them to take that approach. Also, vehicles. Who did not want to play and yes. ride in the vehicles of the Star Wars universe? Like That was not a lie. Cool. <laughs> um, especially like the first time you can get on a Tauntaun. Like, oh, fuck yeah. On the speeder bikes and the ATATs, and you will have other hostiles like the Tuscan Raiders or the Jawas that will walk into the scene. And sometimes they will have their own little command posts you can just take over after you pretty much decimate them. This is a multi platform title, so you could find it on PC, PS2, and Xbox at the time. And they had online play by the time we were playing it. The novelty of that has worn off, and everyone had moved on. It would have been cool to explore that, like when it first was released. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, the, I could just imagine the stuff we would get into. Um, Definitely. <laughs> especially considering the special characters and stuff like that that would get into the fray. Because, yeah, that whole Vader thing or uh, <laughs> Mace Windu, that was a lot of fun. So, Purple Lightsaber motherfucker so obviously we got star wars battlefront 2 and that one came out on november 1st in 2005 at least in north america anyway and so it kind of comes with correlates with like revenge of the sith that released on dvd at the same time so the prequels and it kept the same core foundations of gameplay with conquest the campaign and the instant action but this one oh my gosh if there was ever a sequel that i felt like really built on and improved the original star wars Uh battlefront 2 really i felt like did that shit yeah especially especially with it just being released like a year afterwards like even assassin's creed could not do that right like they had to have some time for that (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. But the cool thing was what changed about it from one to two, of course, with the final prequel movie being released at that time, it gave you more worlds to explore. I think it had oh like 16 God. total. And so it's like, I know where that is. I've been oh, here. That's so cool. Especially just just to say like, ooh, the pal. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like we, we had fun with it. <laughs> we did, and it was just refreshing. We've seen all these things in passing, especially when you watch Revenge of the Sith and you see these plants. And I still want to explore that. Mm-hmm. It's something new. Mm-hmm. Also, instead of having five classes of soldiers like you had last time, now you had six, and instead you had two wild cards. Your two specials can be your of uh, the six Botham spies, destroyer droids, and of course Wookiee warriors, which I thought was pretty freaking slick. And then for the first time, we had space battles. Yeah, I loved the space battles. It was just chaos and destruction and blowing shit up and just lights and yes. stuff everywhere. But it brought something new to the table. It was nice because you weren't just confined to ground assault. You had to yeah. be up in the air and, and you know protecting a destroyer or taking down rebel fleets and stuff. And it was just so cool to be involved in that. So that was fun. And it yeah. gave you more heroes to play, which is nice. Yeah. And then once you get a certain amount of points, so to speak, then they do appear and you see them kind of like engaging on the battle. That was the one where you can actually choose to be that hero yeah, once they become cool. available. Later. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to do flips and shit. And, but that's a point to get into later. <laughs> There's a couple more things you can do in the instant action play. Capture the flag. Also, assault. Kind of like a points battle. Whoever had the most points, you win. Only certain maps had ones where you can just do an all-hero assault. So you can just have like a Jedi and Sith battle and just go nuts. Also, they had Hunt. The Tuscan Raiders, the Jawas, you just pretty much cleared them off the map. I think you had to do like a certain number in a certain amount of time. That was a little difficult. And also they had XL, which is kind of like assault, but you had to kill over 350 units. One of the best things that they did about the game was the addition of the final first and their storyline. Oh my God. The addition of them in the campaign mode, one of the best things I've ever seen in a game. We've always been fans of Star Wars, but it was cool to play from their perspective because you Mm -hmm. have these murdering genocidal warriors running around the galaxy and fucking shit up and taking down planets. And it was kind of neat to see from their perspective especially the shift yeah see that shift between when palpatine gives that order Mm -hmm. and how all of a sudden they're allies with the jedi and just to see that flip and so quickly and yeah it was nice because it dealt with the ethics of being part of this empire where they're trying to take over everything and the betrayal and deception that they have to do and being complicit in that knowing full well that they're about to kill the same people and they worked with yeah they they've worked with her so long and then they turn into this brutal force of dangerous fist terror and conquest and violence and fear and it deals a lot with the ethics and the consequences of war and is following orders ever an excuse to continue with something that you know that you feel is wrong and right you hear from the perspective of a soldier who's oh yeah at first this happened and we're happy to fight and we're kicking ass and taking names and oh we're about to get into a suicide mission like we know this might be the end for a lot of us and then When Order 66 came out and just the sort of quiet, we're about to do something terrible and they're not right. feeling good about that. Like that's not something they're proud of. And then especially once the Death Star is like, oh yeah, half our men were getting into their ships when 
the Death Star was destroyed and they're dealing with the sorrow and the anger of yeah. that. It's like, damn and it, y'all are having me empathize with murdering villains and stuff like yeah. that. And, and it was just a testament to how well they built the story. Just even from the perspective of this one lone soldier. Who was a clone. They were kind of mastermind to be mindless killing machines so that when this order flipped, they were already conditioned to do that. But it's kind of weird to hear this one clone trooper that was supposed to be a part of this collective right. actually have not necessarily emotions but actually have an opinion about this sudden flip or change even though he's still sound mechanical about it and matter of fact when we had to take out the queen oh the yeah they were just like there's yeah. pretty much no going back after that because you can yeah. tell like after that happened the shift really started and empire started to come full force i know this is our job this is what we were made to do but yeah it's my job I have to. Questioning of, is it worth following these orders? Dealing with the boredom, you know, the aftermath after they start kind yeah. of like taking down the rebels and stuff like that. It's like, oh, we're on the Death Star being bored. If there's a prison break, we're actually happy to be actually That's shooting exciting. at something. Yeah. And then yeah. you know, the Death Star gets destroyed. And after that, the tables turn so quickly with the rebels and stuff. And they have a small victory on Hoth. But then it starts going downhill. I wonder what happened to all these clones. Were they destroyed and all put to death? Or were they put off in the outer rim somewhere, just sitting there collecting a check? <laughs> put out the pasture. I mean, you cover 20 years worth of gameplay with them, essentially. Like, you, yeah. you cover 20 years of their lives being the solid force to be reckoned with. So, like, you kind of feel for them, but at the same time, it's like, no, I'm not supposed to feel for them. Like, they're, they're, they're evil. They're supposed to be evil. Stupid yeah. freaking layers. Ugh. I wasn't supposed to feel any kind of feelings towards y'all's feelings and gravitas. Well, shit, I didn't realize I was getting this out of a... Star Wars game from a freaking clone that was a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> I like how well written they were. It wasn't just, we're a bunch of homicidal maniacs. Like, they were right. so nuanced to them. And it just kind of shows you that there are shades of gray. They really are. Especially for those in places that you never thought there would be. That was, that was surprising. You see, like, the introduction of, like, Boba Fett and stuff. I remember that mission. Yeah. Man, yeah, because like, I'm like, so he had the bone to pick, so he's just like, man, this this motherfucker killed my father, right? Here. You killed my <laughs> like, father. You killed my damn father. Like, I'm about to things are about to pop off real quick. Of course, I just learned this just now, but did you know that there was downloadable content for this shit too? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it was only for Xbox people, right? Because I yeah, don't think PS2. Yeah. Downloadable content was a relatively just it didn't really exist for PS2 at that time. So, yeah, I can see that. It was kind of weird that it wasn't available for PC. I'm surprised. But I guess since they were just like, well, y'all can mod whatever the fuck y'all want. So, eh. yeah, um, there was a new assault mode on Kashyyyk and a new alternate you can do on Moss Eisley. And then there was an additional hero and villain to play. And I think this villain was either from one of the books or an older game. Star Wars of the Old Republic, I think. Also, you had new maps from the original Star Wars Battlefront and more assault modes, too. Definitely, like, a huge, huge plus for people who are playing Xbox. Lucky. But there were some things that were lacking with these games, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the AI. Oh, <laughs> my God. AI, but sometimes it was just, especially with the first game, it wasn't really as challenging. And mm -hmm. you would have, like, enemies just kind of pop, like, right in front of you. Just, hey, shoot me. And I'm like, what is wrong yeah. with you? 
or like you, running up to me and like yeah uh shove all right shoot yeah or clipping you had that a lot but then you have like ai even on your side just running straight into gunfire or yeah. not really thinking clearly like walk off of ledges and whatnot and just do some kind of silly things i guess that's just kind of a consequence of having technically 600 people on a battlefield you're gonna get some glitches you would think that the ai will be able to react better but it took the fun out of the strategy but it would be nice to have had something that i like the challenge of the hunt it would be nice to have a little bit more of a challenging ai to pursue if you play multiplayer sure you get a little bit more of a challenge but it's just not the same also having the heroes especially in the second game wasn't as fulfilling no the heroes and the villains were of the if you don't use it you lose it kind of basis so if they're bored and they don't kill a lot of people then their meter drains out and then they leave the battlefield it's like 10 seconds if you don't find anybody really quick then they bow out i'm like really i only had you for a minute i hate it when by the time you got enough points to call them enemies a little bit more sparse so you have to find them quickly huddled somewhere in order to really execute and try your hero out but luckily you might have another chance to recall them back into the battlefield if you want to but most of the time by that time the novelty has faded out when the special characters did appear it was kind of nice at first but then it's only useful for so long they can help turn the tide of battle if they're on the battlefield and you're not playing them but right. once you do actually play them they don't really work to your advantage the way that you would like and so it's like oh, we're just gonna let you handle your business we'll be over here we'll meet at the checkpoint <laughs> and then of course the graphics the choppy graphics when it comes to space battles yeah there's some lag that happens because again you have Hundreds and hundreds of different people trying to fight each other on a battlefield. I think it really kind of pushed the PS2 to its limits yeah. in terms of graphics. And we played recently, I think, what was it last year, last summer? Yeah. That's recent. And the space battles sometimes could get a little bit too chaotic. And you're like, I don't and know. And confusing. Yeah, where am I? Who am I shooting at? All I yeah. know is I need to shoot stuff. There's just a lot of activity. And I guess it's trying to really convey what a space battle would look like in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, all of y'all look alike. Like, so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes you'd have the outright omission of certain maps or old maps like Bespin or downloadable content only being exclusively for Xbox, which I guess was a selling point for the Xbox. Like, hey, you get our version and uh, get all this cool shit. Right. I can't really blame them from a business standpoint, but it's kind of a shame that you know the PS2 people sort of missed out on that and the PC um, too. So you were punished for choosing "quote unquote" the wrong one and not getting that content. So it's a little disappointing. And I get it. That's like that now. The story mode in the original Star Wars Battlefront, the switch between factions was just stupid. That got <laughs> so, a little confused. Like, okay, who are we playing? Who are we shooting yeah. at? The ones that and don't why? look like us. Okay, go. I'm so glad that they revamped the story mode to include, especially the final first. That was just brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. Kudos to whoever thought that that was a great idea. But just to have it just switch between them without any explanation, it just didn't make any sense. If I wanted to do that, I would just already chose that in instant action and just choose whoever I wanted. I would have been better without them doing campaign mode like that. Just leave it out. Just make it like an instant action game. So I'm kind of glad that they beefed it up in in number two. Yes. So are you ready for the Wheel of Random Tantum? Let's spin it. (laughs) Let's spin it. So, for today's Wheel of Random Tandem, Tiff, what are your thoughts on the rebooted series and what sorts of things would you wish to see, especially with the new Star Wars Battlefront 2 coming out pretty soon? Well, this new game did not have all the elements we had on the last game. 
Now, Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2005 was still flawed in its own right. Mm -hmm. Graphics-wise, it's so beautiful, so pretty, that it felt like you were a part of this magnificent cinematic universe. However, I hated there was lack of co-op outside the tutorials. There wasn't really real campaign mode, which, you know, we are both story-driven people, and so it would have been nice to have something like that, especially for the price that you pay for it. Also, I hated the, the award system you get, or lack thereof, in order for you to get new skins or get new guns that you have to level up and who wants to have all of that. Especially for some people, if you get Han Solo's gun pre-order, that pretty much goes out the window. Jaded our experience that nothing else was available outside of that. Yeah, four co-op missions and that was And it. that was it. I would have been okay with that if there was given more just for us to do together. Because sometimes you just don't want to play with a whole bunch of other people. I'm sorry. What was also insulting is getting four initial maps. That's $15 a piece. Initially, I didn't get what I paid for. And I paid an exorbitant, insultingly amount of money for this game. And really didn't feel like I'd get my money's worth. My hopes with the new game, it looks like they're already doing a lot with it. But I'm still very, very reserved about it. I love that they have so much more. They've included all of the looks like plants from all from the Star Wars universe that is canon so far. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really happy that they're including that heroes and villains. Everybody should be in this game. And of course, their story mode, (laughs) now they have one, is now picking up what happened after the Empire fell at the end of Return of the Jedi. And there's a female antagonist. So you can see like what their viewpoint will be. So it's kind of like doing like what the 501st had done in Star Wars Battlefront 2. But I guess I'll have to reserve judgment until the game comes out and see for myself how it has evolved. And if it's definitely improved from Star Wars Battlefront, this new reboot, but also from the other games. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, Pretty much the same. I mean, I felt like we really didn't get the, the real meaty sort of content that we really needed or paid for really a lot of it was locked behind different paywalls and stuff the dioramas Mm -hmm. and and all the i was like really you you okay y'all don't have basic black people hair but i have to unlock the okay yeah i see you okay i see your bullshit it was gorgeous don't get me wrong walking around different areas like hoth and all that it was like oh this is so cool but it didn't provide the content, the gameplay-wise, that I had really been expecting. Even with the space right. battles, you know, on Hoth and stuff, it's like, okay, don't go out of this area. Barely went that far. Yeah, like, you turn around and you're already out of the map. Out of the boundary. And I'm like, I know this map could be bigger, considering how much the space battles can be and how involved they are. The map should have been bigger. Right. They it seems were. like they were trying to justify between the graphics and the map. Mm-hmm. The quantity and the quality just was not as exact as it should be no. for, for this a game of this caliber. It, it really wasn't. I guess if I were more of a multiplayer person, I'd probably like it more. But even the multiplayer people didn't seem to really enjoy it that much either. And then with the special characters, it's like they're nice, but it just seems kind of an unfair advantage to be u- utilizing them so much. It's good for what it brought in terms of graphics quality and likeness and realness to the original series and trying to keep it canon but i could not justify the price tag and i was just so disappointed with only those four co-op modes i'm not paying for anything else i'm not getting a season pass because mm. what i've purchased is not really justifiable for what i've gotten right. so far so right mm-mm. 
And with Star Wars Battlefront 2, I've heard some really good things, and I do like the direction they're taking with the antagonist. You get to see the direct consequences of, you know, what happens after the Death Star blows up. And those people that did, they weren't even on the Death Star originally when it happened, kind of seeing the fallout from that, at least from the 501st, you see it as it happens on the Death Star and people trying to get out of there and the anger and the justification they feel when you're like, okay, we're going to go and get our revenge. Because you're messing with our people. Yeah, well, those are our brothers. Like, I think he said a third or a half of them died trying to escape. Another third died in the blast. They escaped from the actual Death Star itself, but they got caught in the blast and blew up. And then, yeah, the rest, they were just kind of like, okay, so what do we do now? We go out, we murder everybody. Dealing that loss and that betrayal and that sense of you killed our brother. So it's time to take you down. It's just like, oh shit, this is, this is not a joke. You thought they were terrifying then. I think it'll be an interesting direction because there's just something about playing as an antagonist that kind of changes how you play. And yeah, I, I guess we'll see what happens once the game actually comes out. So, mm-hmm. mm, yay. <laughs> so I guess with that being said, is there any final thoughts? Mm, y'all know what to do. Hit up our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Tumblr. So that way you get all the updates. You can subscribe, make sure that you're following us and all that jazz. So you'll be the first to know when we release new episodes. So yay. As for new followers, we've been pretty quiet the last couple of weeks. Obviously, there's been a lot going on for both of us personally. But we want to thank you, Christian Lopez on YouTube for following us. Thank you so much. And then uh, Night Vision on Twitter. I think he may have followed before, but somehow we didn't catch him on our last episode. So thank you for, for following us. And we hope we don't scare you off. For commenters, we have Kevin Bradley from To Watch on everything. Because he's yes. awesome and he's a good friend of ours. And mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's like, yay, thank you. You're awesome. We love you. And yay. we have to we have to sync up some game time. I know we were wanting to get together and talk about Mercy and her, her new changes and all that. And I don't know. Yeah. I think we all just got busy with stuff. So always happens and stuff. I know we still need to do that Ghost Recon oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He wanted so. to get introduced into that. So yeah. Goes like my my person's already ready to go now. My four hours might have already been gone, but yeah. <laughs> I definitely need to like do some kind of like sync up gameplay. We'll we'll be doing some more of that hopefully soon. I'll have more free time. I promise. Do we have any special shout outs? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh my gosh, it's, it's quiet on this front here. Yeah, it's it's been really quiet. I think just again, there's just a lot going on in the country and in the world, and so people are a little bit busy at the moment, and that's totally cool. So, mm-hmm. but we do want to give a special shout out to all of you for following us and yeah. continuing to to keep following. I think that's just wonderful. I don't know mm-hmm. what we're doing right, and we just appreciate it. We're overwhelmed. We forgot to mention that we did hit over five thousand podcast plays. Oh my um, word! Two or three weeks ago. So wow. Wow, we're just really overwhelmed and humbled and we're just so proud of the work we're doing and for you guys for listening to us consistently we're not sure what we're doing but clearly it's working so <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> we appreciate all of that you have no idea we're just overwhelmed even to have 5,000 listens so thank you all for just continuing to tune in each week especially you know all the new and the old thank you so much for just like 
keep your eyes, but your ears open to us. Um, you're listening to us each and every other week. We love you guys so much. The bestest. Yeah. So, Tiff, who is your PYT for this week? I chose crazy, and that's capital C, R A Z, capital Y. And generally, I just started watching crazy just for having some. I was all in my Overwatch fills and like reading fan fiction. Don't judge. And I came across crazy, and crazy does like a lot of the play of the games but just intermix it with real life either like real life videos of unfortunately 18 wheeler wheels just coming off and being like real junk rat and fire in the hole and like unfortunately it hits people's cars or things from movies or stuff like that Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator in Terminator 2, being like bashing and like blowing up cars and like killing people. So it's hysterical seeing the ultimate um, player of the games as these other things being these characters, Reinhardt or Junkrat and the like. So it's, it's hysterical just to watch that. And so he has about 10 videos of compilations of those Mm -hmm. so it's pretty neat and very very funny just and it's just silly stuff so it's just kind of nice to have like someone do silly stuff and of course there's a whole bunch of other overwatch memes and stuff like that out there too yeah Mm -hmm. what about you my pyt is video game story time and they do animated stories about either the creation of certain developers or specific people within the gaming industry just notable people and they haven't they don't have a ton of videos because they they hand animate everything that they do but it's really cool like they did one on um mass effect and the one of the musicians who was able to actually contribute to mass effect 2 i believe with the background music there and working with jack wall and stuff like that another one with the legend of zelda and kind of the the lore about that so it's, it's a really cool channel i recommend checking them out because they're relatively new i think they've only been around maybe a year if that oh, wow. um and so they have i think a patreon or something but yeah check them out they're really cool so neat awesome yeah. i guess with that being said we have our our couple other excursions we have left mm-hmm. um, we have the granberry paranormal expo which will be september 30th through the 1st of october and also we have Retropalooza, which will be in Arlington, Texas from October 7th through the 8th. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So please stay tuned. The next episode after this one will come out September 24th. Mm, yeah. So everyone out there stay gangtastic. Those who were affected by Harvey and Irma, prayers and thoughts go out to you. Yeah. You all. So we love you guys. And just, yeah, if you ever need a, a person to talk to, we're here. You know where we are. Hit up our socials. So, yeah. See. So until next time. Bye May the guys. force be with you. May the force be with you. Woo!